Hey, and thanks for taking the time to listen with us here at Gospel Way as we seek to find rest in Christ. Please know that this is supplemental and does not replace your local church or the pastor that God has given to shepherd your soul. But it is our prayer that God will use these resources to bless you and point you to Jesus. All right, once again, let's call our attention to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 3. The book of Hebrews, chapter number 3. Last week we closed out chapter number 2. And chapter number 3 starts with the word, wherefore. So we're considering what was said just previously, what we looked at last week. We won't belabor that any, but understand that the reason that he's talking about what he's talking about is just building a little farther on what was said in last week's message. So uh, this week we want to look at the better Moses. And I'm assuming that you've already picked up uh, throughout the introduction and in dealing with the different things that we've dealt with in the book of Hebrews. The, the main theme of Hebrews is that Christ is better. And he is the better. He's the better Joseph. He's the better David. He's the better Abraham. He's the better Jacob. He's the better Israel. He's the better of all. And uh, we're going to look at this evening at what the writer of the book Hebrews talks about him being the better Moses. We'll read verse number 1 down through verse number 6, and we'll pray and get into the message. Verse number 1 of chapter number 3, the Bible says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of our profession. And then he names who that high priest is. It is Christ Jesus. He mentions him by name. He mentions him by office first. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Verse number two, who was faithful to him that appointed him. And also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, insomuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ, as a son over his house, whose house we are, or are we, if we hold fast the confidence 
and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the truths that we find in your word. And we pray, Lord, this evening that you illumine your word. Lord, I pray that it may shine forth in our hearts. Lord, I pray that those things that we know not, may you teach us. Those things that we are not, I pray that you would make us. And Lord, I pray that you would help in our lives that the truths of the scriptures that we see might be applied in our lives that others may see us in you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we're looking at this, we've got to understand the hearers understand the writer of the book of Hebrews, but we need to understand the hearers. And we we considered, even by way of introduction, we considered that the probability, the high likeliness is that this book is actually being written to Jewish believers. And the high probability is it is Jewish believers that are under persecution and not only under persecution, but they're also being dispersed because of that persecution. So understand as this is being written, he calls their attention to certain things that causes them to see how much better Christ is. As he begins this, there's four things that we want to look at this evening. We want to look at, first of all, we want to consider the, high, the apostle and the high priest of our perfection. We want to consider Moses. We want to consider the house. And we want to consider whose house it is. And all of these things are listed out as we go down through this scripture and Verse number three, uh, verse number one of chapter number three, he says, Wherefore, holy brethren, he's talking to those who are partakers of the grace of God. He's talking to those that are the saved. He's talking to those that are his brethren. He said, Wherefore, and when he says wherefore, he said, Because of what I've just said, because of what I've mentioned. He closed out chapter number 2 by saying, uh, go back up to verse number 14. He said, For as much then as children are partakers of the flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had power over death, that is the devil, and to deliver them through the fear of death, where all their lifetime were subject to bondage. He said, For verily he took not on himself the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things he, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be merciful and faithful high priest in all things. He mentioned he mentions here the fact that, that he is the high priest. 
he said all things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. And we looked at all of that last week and understanding that he mentioned here that he is the high priest. And then he goes into the beginning of this chapter as we know it in the chapters. He starts out this chapter by making this statement, Wherefore, holy brethren. He said because he is the high priest, because he did come, because he did take on that form of man, but while he was taking on the form of man, he was totally God. He was our, and in that position of being our God, he is our high priest. And in being that, he says, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of our profession. He said, I want you to consider this. I want you to consider the high priest. I want you to consider the apostle of our profession. What is our profession built around? What is the basis of our our profession? It can be nothing less than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And he tells us that and he mentions he doesn't he doesn't say Jesus Christ. He said Christ Jesus. He he puts that position of Christ before the name of Christ. He puts that position there in that he is the Christ. Just as he, as, as Peter had mentioned, he said, Whom sayest thou that I am? Peter said, Thou art what? The Christ. You're the one. You're the Messiah. You're, you're, you're our high priest. And, and that's what he was getting them to consider when he said, Consider the apostle. The, the, the teacher, the, the, the creator of our profession. If, if we would have no profession if it weren't for Christ. Because he is our profession. He said, consider, holy brethren, partakers of the holy calling. Consider the apostle and the high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. I want you to consider him. And I want you to consider him for a moment. And as we consider him, I want you to see him in a particular fashion. I want you to see him in a particular light, if you will. He says here in verse number two, who was faithful to him that appointed him. And and as he says that, does that not draw our attention Back to the study that we made in John chapter number 17. What did, what did Christ himself say? He said, I've done all that the Father gave me to do. I've been obedient in all things. And because of that, he is our high priest. He is the high priest and he is the apostle of our profession, the Lord Jesus but he says, who was faithful to him that 
appointed him. And then he goes in to calling to their memory someone that they held in very high esteem. Understand who these hearers are. Understand who the writer is and understand what they're hearing from him. He said, who was faithful to him that appointed him? As also Moses was faithful in all his house. So he's calling their attention to Moses. Why is he doing that? Because of where they held Moses. Who is Moses to the children of Israel? Who is Moses to the Jewish people? He is there. He is for all practical purposes. He is their savior. He is the one that brought them out of bondage. He is the one that took them out of slavery. He is the one that brought them from a foreign land from a place that was not theirs and took them to a place that was theirs. He took them to that promised land that God had promised for them and he led them through the wilderness. This is not somebody that they met that was, this was not a, uh, this was not just a guided tour, if you will. They spent 40 years with this guy. They, had, they were told as, as it was passed down from generation to generation, they were told of the things that Moses did on their behalf. What did, what did, where did Moses take them? Where was one of their first stops? It was Mount Sinai, where they got the, the law of God. Where, where God made the, the covenant with them and they coveted back with, Mo, with God. And, and he led them through the wilderness and they, they held him in high esteem. Was it not Moses that God instructed when they were in the wilderness and they were being bitten by the serpents? serpents? Was it not Moses that God said, craft you a serpent on a stick and raise that stick up and everyone that looks shall live? He presented to them Christ. He was the one that had led them and brought them to this point. So he's telling them, first of all, I want you to consider who your high priest is. I want you to consider who your apostle is, and that is Christ Jesus. And I want you to understand, as you're considering Christ Jesus, I want to... I want to bring him alongside Moses. And I want to show you the things of Moses, but then I want you to see Christ. And I want you to see throughout this, I want you to see and understand how much better Christ is than Moses. This is the person that, that I mean, if there was, if there was some great... I, I can't think of the right word, some great person that was put before the children of Israel to, to name the name Moses. I mean, he brought, a, he brought the Hebrew children out. 
He brought them out of the wilderness and brought them to what? The promised land. He brought them to the land that had been promised to them by God. And as He brings them there, He's calling their attention back. He said, who was faithful to Him that appointed Him? He's saying that Christ was faithful to God who had appointed Him to do what He's done. And He said, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. He said, so you, ha- you, you hold Moses up here. I want you to recognize that, that Christ is at this point, if he stopped right here, he's, he's telling them that I want you to realize that he's at least as good. He's on level ground because just as Christ has done all that he was bid to do. Moses was obedient in all his house. And we go on and he says here in verse number three, for this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Wait a minute. You're telling me that there's somebody better than Moses? There's somebody greater than Moses? There's somebody more deserving of glory than Moses. You're telling me there's somebody that, that, that is better than the one that took us out of, the, out of bondage and brought us into freedom. The one that took us out from under uh, slavery and brought us into, uh, into our own land. That, that took us from a place that was not ours and brought us to a place that we call ours. You're telling me there's someone better? That's what the writer of Hebrews is telling them. In verse number 3, For this man, who's this man? Jesus. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. And he tells them why. He said, Inasmuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. Moses did great things for the children of Israel. He led them out of bondage. He led them out of slavery. He brought them into the promised land. He gave them all these things. And they're telling, the, the writer of Hebrews is telling them that this man, Jesus, is counted a worthy of more glory than Moses is. Insomuch that he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. So he told them to consider the apostle and the, the, the high priest of their profession. And he named who that was. That's Christ. He said, this Christ has more honor than Moses. He has greater, more 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 abundant glory than Moses has. And he said, for this reason, I want you to consider the house. I want you to think about the house. He, he starts out in verse number three. He said, inasmuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. And it's interesting that he 
words it this way. And he says what he does because he goes on down and he begins to explain to us who the house is. He says in verse number four, for every house is builded by some man, but he that buildeth all things is God. Now, he turns light back to Moses in verse number five. He said, and Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a, what? Servant. What did he say that Jesus is? Who is Christ? He's the apostle and the high priest of our profession. He's telling us that Moses... He said, and Moses verily was faithful in all of his house as a servant. For a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. God knew when he did with Moses what he did with Moses. He knew that later on he was going to call their attention back to Moses. And he was going to explain to them that Christ is a better Moses. He's a greater Moses. He goes on to tell them in that verse, he said, And Moses verily was faithful in his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. Those things that were coming. Moses was a foreshadow of what was to come. Moses did great things for the children of Israel. Moses did great things for the people of God. But there was one coming after him that was going to do greater things for the people of God. He was going to be faithful in all things. Moses, why, why did Moses not get to go into the promised land? Do you remember the reason why? Because he smote the rock the second time. Why did, why did God... He, God told him, he said, when, when you're thirsty, smite the rock. But he smote it the second time. After water was already running out, he smote it again. Why did God get angry at Moses for smiting the rock the second time? What is the rock a picture of? The rock, that free-flowing water, is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And He has only smoked one time for our thirst that we have. For our necessity, there was only one need to smite. The reason that God got angry at Moses for smiting the rock is He was messing up the picture of Christ. So, you don't think God already had this scripture in mind that He was going to tell the people later on that Moses, He was faithful in His house. He was faithful in, in those things, but there is one that hath greater glory than Moses, and that is Christ. He's a better Moses. He says here in verse number 5, And Moses verily was faithful in all of his house as a servant for the testament of those things which were to be spoken after. But look at what he tells us in verse number 6. 
but Christ as a son over his own house. Look at what he says. Whose house are we? If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Does does that mean that if if we're not if we're not running full bore when we die that we're going to hell? No, that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about at your death you're still trusting that it is Christ. Yes. You're still trusting that it is Christ that's going to get you there. What is it that gains us salvation? What is it that gives us that eternal life? Who came to give that eternal life? Jesus told us in John chapter number 17 again. He said, I come to give them everlasting life. And what is that everlasting life? That they know the Father and that they know the Son. What is that 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 we're holding fast, that we have hope and we're firm in? It is that Christ is our hope. You and I have no hope otherwise. You and I are the house of Christ. We are where Christ dwells. He's seated. Physically, He is seated on the right hand of the Father but He through the Holy Spirit of God dwells in the heart of every believer. How does He do that? He does that by faith. What faith? That faith that He has given us. That faith that He has produced in us. That faith that is the channel in which we got the grace of God. That we were given the grace of God and salvation was promised to us and it is in that hope that we are confident. What did, what did he say here? He said here in verse number 6, But Christ as the Son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast, what? The confidence. That is the reason I made the statement, I think last Sunday morning, that I made the statement that as I had talked to and dealt with people in the past and I've made this statement that if I die and go to hell, I'm going to hell trusting Christ. Because He's, on, he's my only confidence. I have, no, I have confidence in no other. It, I, 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 know, I know for a fact that I cannot be good enough. Why? Because I know me. I know my wicked thoughts. I know my, my, my sinfulness. I know the things that go on in, in, in my life. I know the times that I do not do what I should do. And I know the times that I find myself not doing the things that I should or doing the things that I should not. Paul even said that. He made that statement. He said, the things which I would, I do not. And the things which I would not, I find myself doing. He said, oh, wretched man that I am. 
His confidence was in nothing other than Christ. What did Paul, Paul made the statement, and I think it's in the book of Ephesians, Paul made the statement, he, he, said, he, he said, I am of the tribe of Benjamin. No, it's in Philippians that he makes the statement. That I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. I, I learned at the feet of Gamaliel. I've, I've, I've done this and I've done that and I've had this accomplishment and I've had that accomplishment and, and these things I know and these things I know about the Scriptures. He said, but all of these things, he said, I count but dung. Why? That I may win the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. All these other things that Paul had, all these, all these things that Paul was hanging on to, he said, he said they're all dung. He said they're no good. He said it doesn't matter what tribe I'm from. It doesn't matter who I was born to. It doesn't matter who I learned the Scriptures under. It doesn't matter what school I went to. It doesn't matter what, what group I was part of. It doesn't matter that I was an apostle. What matters is that I know Christ. The excellency of the, the knowledge of Christ. Christ said, I give unto them eternal life. And that life that I give them, that eternal life that I give them, is that they may know God. That is the confidence that we have. That is the hope that we have. That is the hope that we hold firm. That Christ, for, for those that were hearing this, for those that were reading this, for, for Him for, for the writer to, to put Christ in line with Moses and tell them he is a better Moses. Moses was human. And what he was trying to get them to see is the same thing that we said just a moment ago, that Jesus Christ is a better David. When we look at David, when we look at Isaac, when we look at Jacob, when we look at Abraham, when we look at all the, the, the patriarchs of the Old Testament, when we look at Amos and we look at Obadiah and we look at Joel and we look at Jonah and we look at all of these writers of the Old Testament, when we look at Ruth, when we look at Boaz, when we look at, uh, when we look at the judges that were set over Israel, when we look at all of these things, the writer of the book of Hebrews was saying, Christ towers head and shoulders above them all. Why? Because he was faithful. Because he is our high priest. Because he is, as we've just looked at last week, he is God incarnate in the flesh. He is the one that is the, is the just one. And not only the just one, but He is the justifier. It is His justice that called for wrath. And it, it was His 
justification that satisfied the wrath. What a God. And that's what He wanted them to see. He wanted them to... He, he in essence, was telling them, I want you to look at the highest person you look at. I want you to, to look at the person you hold in the most esteem. And I'm going to show you that Christ is head and shoulders above that. Why? Because He's God incarnate in the flesh that bled, died, was buried, and resurrected for our sins. And it is in Him and in Him alone that we have confidence and we have hope. Paul said, if in this life only I have confidence, I would be of all men most miserable. Paul was a wise man when it came to Scripture. He had learned from the best of the best. He was, from the, he was from the right tribe. He came from the right side of the tracks. He, he had everything in order. And that wasn't good enough. There is no confidence in the flesh. Paul said, if, if those things, of, of those things, he said, if that's all I had confidence in, I'd be of all men most miserable. But Paul, as we should, has confidence in Christ. And that's what this writer was trying to tell them, trying to get them to see, trying to get them to understand. Spurgeon made this statement. He said, none are truly Christ's, but those who persevere in grace. Temporary Christians are not real Christians. What was he saying when he made that statement? He was saying, it is only those that hold fast that hope and that confidence of Christ. Does that mean there will never be a doubt? No. Does that mean that there won't ever be a second thought? No. What it means is that that person has the confidence and any confidence they have lies in Christ. It's not in our self-glorification. It's not in our self-sanctification. It's not in our self-justification. It's not in the fact that I belong to this church or I belong to that church. It's not whether I belong to this denomination or that denomination it's not whether I belong to this religion or that religion it's not that I was born in this family or born in that family it is that my confidence my hope is in Christ and in Christ alone there is no confidence in any other than Jesus Christ let's pray